Previously on Disappeared in the Desert. After learning Isabel and Maribel were located in close proximity to one another, the Tucson Police Homicide Unit and Pima County Sheriff's Homicide Unit began working together on the two cases. One, she'll be around families and she'll be uh, trying to make everybody laugh. And she trusted too many people. She thought everybody was her friend, and I would tell her sometimes, you know, not everybody's friendly, so you gotta be careful. On Friday, September 14th, 36 year old Christopher Matthew Clements was indicted on multiple felony charges to include the murders of Isabel Mercedes Salas and Maribel Victoria Gonzalez. There could be no more tragic victim than a child. Uh, could be no more serious investigation than that of the homicide of a child. And today we celebrate extraordinary law enforcement work by so many people. And to the families of Isabel and Maribel, our hearts go out to you for the tragic loss that you've suffered for the long time that you've waited for a resolution. It's going to be hard because knowing that he took my daughter's last breath is, and he's standing right there in front of us, you know, that's, that's the, the hard thing. You're listening to a KOLD News 13 original podcast. I'm Bud Foster. And I'm Shaylee Sanders. This is Disappeared in the Desert. The disappearance and deaths of Isabel Salas and Maribel Gonzalez shocked the Tucson community. Two young girls taken away way too soon. Their disappearances launched major searches, ultimately ending in heartbreak and years of unanswered questions. That's until the arrest of Christopher Clements in 2018. Six-year-old Isabel Salas disappeared more than two years before 13-year-old Maribel Gonzalez. Their remains were found just feet away from each other. Were the remains of Isabel Salas there when investigators discovered Maribel's body? If Christopher Clements, the man now charged with both of their murders, is convicted, our Disappeared in the Desert team wonders if Maribel's death could have been prevented. Were there any signs in the investigation of Isabel that pointed to Christopher Clements earlier on? If that lead was pursued more, would he have been arrested sooner, possibly sparing Maribel's disappearance and death? This episode is based on a lot of what-ifs. But while going through thousands of police and court records, we did discover Clements appeared in the investigation of Isabel Sellis before he spoke to the FBI in 2017, more than once. Christopher Clements has pleaded not guilty to the murders of Isabel Sellis and Maribel Gonzalez. According to a Tucson police report, two officers were tasked with contacting registered sex offenders who lived within a three-mile radius of the Salas family home within the first few weeks of Isabel's disappearance. There were 16 names on the list to find and contact over a three-day span. On that list was Christopher Matthew Clements. 
Officers documented speaking to him on May 10th. The police report states, We conducted an interview with him. The interview was digitally recorded. See digital recordings for full details. This means Christopher Clements was on the police department's radar as early as two and a half weeks after Isabel's disappearance. What did Christopher Clements tell those officers to avoid any suspicion? It's a conversation our Disappeared in the Desert team wanted to hear, so we requested the digital recording more than three months ago. After weeks of no response, we followed up and were told due to a backlog of requests, it could take months to get our hands on that recording. But as soon as we get it, we will share it with you. Rebecca Sellis mentioned a specific encounter to investigators on April 21, 2012, which was the day Isabel was reported missing. We have the transcript of that interview conducted by Tucson Police Department detectives. At the time, detectives were asking her if there had been any repairs to her home lately or any door-to-door salesmen, people who could be possible suspects. That's when she said, I don't know what the person's name is, but there is a guy who came or a guy who came by about three weeks ago looking to buy that Acura. She told officers he came by a couple of times, but they never let him inside. During his conversations with the FBI special agents about Isabel, Christopher Clements talked about that conversation and the Acura. Here's what he told special agents on February 10th, 2017. Two people went to Sergio Salas' home acting like they were interested in the Red Acura. This was in 2011. Red Acura? Yeah. From what we, from what we were told, they said, yeah, that's him. <coughs> there was a Red Acura parked outside. Um, no, I was just wondering, because before you said it wasn't an Acura. No, 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 no. A red Acura, it was like an Integra, an old 80, 80-something. Clement said two people approached Rebecca. Then later in the conversation, he said, we were interested. Take a listen. No, this was an, this was an Acura that, you know, so they, they said, yeah, this is the guy. There was a red Acura parked out there. We said we were interested in buying it. Um, Two guys went down there, supposedly spoke to the mother. Uh, I can't remember her name. Um, All they said was it was a woman. They said they were interested in it, and I guess, you know, they were joking around that she was stupid enough to give her phone number to them. Um, She said, yeah, you know, basically confirmed. She said, my husband. Sergio said the name. Um, he'd be the person you'd have to speak to 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 buy the Acura. Okay. Here's the number, and that was that. And I guess there was a couple of phone calls, but he never wanted to call. I think he probably had an idea, you know, that maybe that wasn't some but two guys interested mm-hmm. in the Acura. The Pima County Attorney's Office said Clements fits Rebecca's description of the man interested in the car. When special agents sat down with Clements again more than two weeks later, he asked if they followed up with Rebecca Sellis on that story. 
Why wouldn't you guys call her? I, I mean, I don't understand. I thought law enforcement checks up on leads. That, we also I want mean, to protect this is your, something... We also want to protect your information. But she's not going to go back How to does anybody. She know? That's why I know I for know. a fact. But we don't I know, know that. for a fact that the people she spoke to, she spoke to them without Sergio there. Okay. Now, if this was an instance where Sergio was with her, then yeah, I'd say, hey, you guys might want to find out by and by without him knowing. But she will confirm to you that not too long before. But do you understand we're trying to protect the information you give us. So we don't know asking her the question, she'd say something to Sergio, something would, oh, this person's, we don't know. You know what I mean? We don't know how it would affect you if we went and talked to her about that. It's not going to affect me at all. So but we don't I know wouldn't that. have told you guys well, we, unless at the same if that time, was the case. We didn't I haven't to. given you guys names of people involved because right. of why. I know, but at the same <laughs> time, do you understand why we didn't talk to her? Because we want to protect her information. Because we don't know if it leads to her talking to Sergio and Sergio talking to somebody and somebody's like, oh, well, maybe this person's talking. We don't know that because we don't no, know, because, right? Right. I <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Why we didn't talk to her because we don't want to. We want to protect you, and that's why we didn't talk to her. If I go talk to Becky Sellis and talk about this Russian coming by the house beforehand. Two. Now, now it's two Russians. No, I told you guys from the start that two people went there. Okay. Yeah. One was Russian. Okay. Okay. She'll remember this conversation. Will she know what's going on? If I, t I mean, that makes me think she was involved, or she knows what happened. But I thought in our conversations before that we've had, you were convinced I, no, that she didn't. No, I never said that. she didn't. I said I don't think she does. But she's she will recall this conversation with the Russian enough to have scared her, or enough to be concerned about it, or that. I guess I don't. I guess I'm not following the, the conversation with the Russian about the Acura. She would have found it very odd that. From what I know, there was there was no car there. They didn't go in a car. Mm -hmm. Then she kind of came home when I guess they didn't think she would. They didn't even know about her. And then they asked about him. They said something or uh, about the Acura. They said something about the Acura wanting to buy it. And it was all on the fly. It was literally, you know, hey, we're interested in buying it. We noticed it's sitting there, blah, blah, blah. So they were inside the gate or they were at the house already and she came home? They were at the house already as far as I understand. What yeah. were they doing there? I think I'd be giving up too much information if I told you that. She'll remember it. I mean, I, I, contrary to what you think. Not contrary to what we think. I actually think that you might know and that I know a hell of a lot more than you guys think. I don't care about all the other stuff. I just want to know where she's at. No, that's how it starts. I know that the two guys that she spoke to, I know that's not in the media. I know for a fact that's not in the media. I know there's no mention of it. 
I highly doubt that Becky was even it? said anything was to the police when they were questioning her about it. Well, then why are you giving me a hard time about not asking about it? Because she didn't that say would, anything. That was, that was one came of the things that I gave you that I thought that you guys But would, you said it was a year before and they were asking about the car. I honestly you. don't. I, I walked out of the room mm -hmm. thinking, did I say a year or did I say something else? You said a year, but... Well, and I told you that the whole mm -hmm. chain of events had started a year mm -hmm. before this. So that's my mistake. But the fact of the matter is you guys kept going on and on about, is she alive, is she dead, is she alive, is she dead? And you tried many different tricks to find out how. Special agents followed up on this story more than a month later after Clements led them to the remains of Isabel Salas. Given the fact, the mere fact that you had knowledge of where the body was six months after, and so for the last four and a half years, you haven't said anything. And am I wrong in making an assumption that you were one of the two guys that went by the house? Do what? Were you one of the two guys that went by to look at the car? What makes you think that? Let me just ask a question. Just based on our conversations, I thought maybe you would. You were. Why? Because to, to get to to provide that information to whoever that was asking for it. I don't think you had anything to do, like you said, you mentioned a bunch of times, you didn't have anything to do with the extraction. That, that's your word that you used, the extraction. Um, right. But I think you might have been one of the guys that found information for them. That's it. If I would have known that there was anything of that sort going on, I mean... I understand that. I don't think you knew what it was about. You went by there and you found out, you asked about the Acura, and they gave you, hey, call Sergio. And then you reported that information back. That was it. I think that's your involvement. And somehow you got involved on the tail end out of the site. And I don't know, but but since you are in that position and you have information at the at the dump site, I'd be foolish. I'd be foolish <coughs> to let you know. You know, I'd be foolish to go to the attorneys and argue, hey, let this guy out. Later in the month, Clements asked special agents if they had spoken to the next-door neighbor of the Sellis family, the one who was interviewed by KOLD back in 2012, and said this. My dogs were going crazy. Their dogs were going nuts. And um, I remember briefly waking up and hearing male voices outside my bedroom window, but it was light outside. I didn't really think anything of it. And, and I just went back to sleep, and then at 8 o'clock I got a knock on the door saying that she was missing. Do you know if those were police that you were hearing? I don't think that they were police. I mean, I, I wasn't really paying attention. You know, I was really tired, but but I, I don't think it was. Here's how special agents responded. Hmm? She has been spoken to. But... I just don't... From what I understand, the two guys there, they saw her. Mm -hmm. They were there before. Ones that... I guess you guys spoke to the mother and she confirmed that two guys were there. Right. I, I just, I figured that she would have told you guys about that instance and the one after, but apparently not. I would have saw them both times? I would assume so, yeah, because somebody spoke to her. You got... <laughs> you got a little offended when I asked you this last time, and you know what I'm going to ask you again, right? No, I don't. 
the first time when somebody went by to identify where Sergio lived, you were one of the two. Why would you ask me that? I, 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 I say that because of the way you talked about the Acura, and I know how you are with Acuras and everything. Okay, but I mean, that's that's purely coincidental. I mean, honestly, yeah. that's purely coincidental. But just by... Truth, just, truth be told, I wouldn't have any fucking interest in a piece of shit like that. No, 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 I know that. I know that, but you would have recognized what it was. You would have recognized what it was. I think anybody would have recognized what it was. Right, but, but a lot of I don't the know guys, why... why is a lot of the people involved with this drove Integras when they but were... But why is it that you can't... That somebody that went by the week before had nothing to do with it. They just asked you to find out where, where this person lived, or to verify where this person lived. Even if that person was me, which mm -hmm. it wasn't, mm -hmm. I wouldn't admit to something like that. Okay. I don't think the other guy would either. Okay. Especially after he turns into something like that. But the other guy went back the next time. I don't think I ever said that. No, I'm just saying because she spoke, one of these people spoke to both times. So I that means... say the they spoke to her the first time. Okay. So I'm trying to, we're playing kind of a little game here. And I'm, I'm trying, not trying to play. I know. I mean, I wish I was talking to you guys out, out there, and then I would have it would be plain full English and, 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 you and I could just say, "Here, this is this, this is that." Again, you may have noticed Christopher Clements slipped in those interviews at least once, saying "we," possibly admitting he was there for the inquiry into the Acura. But Clements' defense attorneys argue the statements are being taken out of context in order to claim that Mr. Clements knew the Sellis residence and encountered Isabel Sellis at the same time. In the Pima County Attorney's Office presentation to the grand jury, it stated Clements' description of the visit to the Sellis residence before Isabel Sellis' abduction fit Rebecca Sellis' account except for one key difference. Rebecca described only one male who fit Clements' description and drove a car consistent with Clements' car, who came by asking about the Acura before Isabel Sellis' abduction and murder. But defense attorneys say Rebecca Sellis' description of the person who asked about the car differs from what Sergio Sellis told investigators. Rebecca said it was a thin Hispanic male in his 20s or 30s with black hair and possibly some facial hair. Sergio Sellis believed it was a white man with brown hair with a little facial hair. Clement's lawyer described him in court documents as 6'1", muscular, and built like a linebacker at 230 pounds. What would have happened if police followed up on this lead from Rebecca right after Issa went missing? Would it have led them to Clements? Next time on Disappeared in the Desert. Christopher Clements prepares for not one, but two murder trials. Court documents give us a brand new look at the evidence investigators have collected in the case. Which of it can be used at the trial? The decision made by the court. Disappeared in the Desert is a KOLD News 13 original podcast hosted by Shaley Sanders and Bud Foster. Special thanks to our editor, Jesse Zoller, writer and executive producer, Colleen Menadier, 
digital content producer Mia Courtright, and executive producer of Daily Content, Michael Cooper. For more information about this case, visit KOLD.com.